Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. My Bible is open to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 24. And I want to start at verse number 45. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, and verse 45. Thank you for speaking to us today, Lord. In Jesus' name. And I'm reading from a New King James Version, Luke 24 and 45. It says, And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it is necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Verse 46 again, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. I want to talk to you from this subject matter today. It was necessary. <laughs> Come on, tell somebody it was necessary. There are many things in life that we want to avoid. Difficulties pain, suffering, hardship, loss. Nobody wants to go through that. However, if the whole story were told, we would not be who we are today had we not gone through some of those difficulties, pains, hardships, and sufferings. So I would go as far as saying it was necessary. Some things we complain about, it was necessary. And we have to admit, and I believe all of us have the same story, that I did not like it when I was in it. I would have done anything to get out of it. But after having come through it, I see now that it was necessary. It was necessary. Here's the setting. After Jesus risen from the dead, he appeared to two men on the road of Emmaus. He explained to them what the scripture said concerning himself. They wanted to spend more time with him, so they invited him to stay with them, even though they did not know who he was. Eventually, he revealed who he was when he took bread, broke it, blessed it, and gave it. Text says, then he vanished from their sight. They were so excited about what transpired, they went to tell the 11. While 
They were speaking to him, to them. Jesus shows up on the scene. Said, look, handle me. Here's my hands. I'm the same one that was on the cross, and now I'm alive today. Thank God for the resurrection. Then we arrive at verse number 44. It says, then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of the prophets and the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. So here's what I want to tell you. First of all, it was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead because scripture must be fulfilled. See, understand this about God. He's not like us. When he says something, he's so committed to what he says that the word of God says that he watches over his word to perform it. So anything that God says, he makes sure that it happens just as he says it. So understand, Jesus coming and dying and being raised from the third day was not a, just a happenstance. It was foreplanned by God. It was preordained by God. In fact, he spoke of it in the law of Moses. In, in the law of Moses, Moses said this in Deuteronomy 18 and 15, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren, him you shall hear. So you can see the law of Moses spoke of Jesus as a prophet, Jesus' role as a prophet. Then one day he tapped Isaiah on the shoulder to begin to stir his heart. And you look in Isaiah chapter 53, and Isaiah spoke of his sufferings. Isaiah 53 and 10, it says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Again, it was foreknowledge of God. The psalmist even spoke of his resurrection because you look at Psalm 16, it says, therefore, verse number nine, it says, therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope for you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your holy one to see corruption. So what am I getting at? The scriptures begin to speak about Jesus and the scriptures must be fulfilled. And so the things that the scriptures had declared about him, it had to happen. Now, this is what I, what I love about the Lord is this. And, and then sometimes I don't like this about him. Can, can I be honest? I said, I love this about him. But then sometimes I just don't like this about it because although they were reading scripture, they did not understand what they were reading. They didn't get it. And the text says here in verse number 45, he opened their understanding. 
that they might comprehend the scriptures. So ladies and gentlemen, please know this, that you and I, although we read the word, it takes the Holy Spirit to open your understanding. The scripture speaks of this in 1 Corinthians. Uh, He says, the natural mind does not receive the things of the spirit, for they are foolishness to him. There's some things that God does that you just don't get. Some things that, and and I'll be the first to tell you, if I stood here and said I understood everything that that God does, I'm lying. And you don't understand it either. You don't even understand what's all that's happening in your life. Look at somebody and say, he's right about that. <laughs> so, so, so understand then that Jesus had to suffer and be raised from the dead so that the scripture might be fulfilled. The scripture had to be fulfilled. And ladies and gentlemen, there are some things that God has already just spoken over your life that you've simply got to go through. Amen. I remember Bishop Kenneth Ulmer telling this story. Bishop Ulmer, he said that um, he was was, uh, watching James Bond with his son, as any good father would do. Bond. James. Bond. And it's, it's his, and I know uh, uh, there's some of you ladies who like Bond too. And, 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 and so he was, they were concerned about 007. His son was just overly concerned because he said it was an impossible situation that James Bond was in. And he, he looked and he said, Dad, what's going on? I don't get it. And he, he said he, he looked at his son and his son was like, Dad, Dad, James is in trouble. And then he finally had to calm his son down and said, son, it's okay. Dad, you don't know that. Look at what's going on. And he finally had to tell him, it's going to be all right, and he's going to come out of this. Well, how do you know? He said, it's in the script. (laughs) Come on, you got to recognize that it was in the script, (laughs) meaning the writer already determined before they set out to make the movie, what James was going to end up doing and exactly how he was going to get out of this particular situation. The same way, your God has already seen what's going on in your life and he knows exactly how you're going to get out of this situation. The same way when they hung Jesus on the cross, they buried it in the tomb. Everybody was concerned, but it was in the script. But in this case, it was in the scripture. It was in the scripture that God has already predetermined that this thing was necessary. Oh, glory to God. It's ne- Look at somebody say, it's necessary. It's in the scriptures got to be fulfilled. Ladies and gentlemen, please, 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 don't get shaken up. Don't get shaken up by what happens in your life. I'm not saying everything that happens in your life is good. But God has the ability to work it together for your good. It's in the script. And the script must be fulfilled. The scriptures.
must be fulfilled. Here's another thing. It was necessary for Christ to suffer and be raised the third day because sin must be forgiven. Sin must be forgiven. When you look in verse number 46, it says, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So we have to understand that he had to go through what he went through because sin must be forgiven. God is a holy God. God is absolutely holy, meaning there is no flaw. There is no imperfection. There is nothing wrong with him. In fact, the scripture tells us that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. There is no flaw in God's character nor in his judgment. This is the thing, though. Because he is a just God, he will make sure that justice is done. And so he had to send his son to, as a propitiation for our sin, as the sin bearer. So Jesus had to go through this to make forgiveness available to us. If he had not died and was raised from the dead, you and I would be stuck in our sin. And we'd be stuck there eternally. And so, listen to this. So since he died and was raised, the scriptures say he was raised for our justification. So now, everybody who calls on him is granted this wonderful gift called forgiveness. Isn't that something? Now, 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 I got to deal with this. Please understand um, that repentance is necessary for forgiveness. The, the, the text says here in 24, I mean in, in uh, Luke 24, uh, 47, that and that repentance and remissions of sin should be preached in his name. When you look at that same verse in the New International Version, it says, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name. Repentance for. What are you getting at? There has to be repentance. Well, what is repentance? Repentance means this, to change one's way of life as a result of a complete change of thought. Let me say it again. Repentance means to change one's way of life as a complete, uh, as a result of a complete change of thought. In other words, you got to change your mind. You got to change the way you think about a particular thing. I cannot think that I can change God. God does not change. So when we look at that God, he's God, he doesn't change. So that means 
I have to change. And the place that I need to change, if I'm going to see a behavioral change in my life, I've got to have a mind change. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so when you're talking about repentance, repentance, this is the picture. This is the picture. Repentance is, um, come go with me on a journey. Let's just say we, we're getting ready to go, and, 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 and what I'm going to do today, I'm going to take everybody. We're going to go everybody. I'm, gonna, I'm paying for it today. We're all going to go. This is an example. Because <laughs> y'all sitting there going, where we going? 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 Ooh, I count me in. I don't know what's your, some people love seafood. So we're going to go to, uh, uh, the, uh, what is it, the F- Atlanta fish market. Uh, uh, some of you all like a variety of meats, so we're going to go to Fogo de Show. Some of you all like uh, just a buffet, so we'll go to the Golden Corral. <laughs> Wherever it is. But picture, we, we are getting ready to go. And this is what we're going to do. John, we're going to get, I said, John, we'll get everybody ready. Get security, get everybody ready. Here we go. Uh, and we got Marcus and everybody up there. He, he, he's got the police car and everything. We're going to move forward and we're going to go. And we're going to get on I-20. And what we're going to do, we're going to go up to exit number, was it 93? And we're going to get on 93 and we're going to go east. We're going to go east. And so what we're going to do, we're going to keep going east. We're going to keep, and everybody's wondering, why are we going east? Because, okay, we, he might be taking us to Social Circle, to the Blue Willow. But, you know, they crowded on Easter. And so he might, well, we, I, I don't know, we, we realize, wait a minute, he said, Fogo de Show. He said at, at uh, Atlanta Fish Market, those things are in Atlanta in Buckhead. So if we want to change, what we have to do is this. We have to all change our minds. Recognize we are going in the wrong. You better know it. So I'm going in the wrong direction. So then the next thing I have to do, once I recognize I'm going in the wrong direction, I got to exit. I got to get off the exit ramp somewhere at my nearest exit. I got to go over the overpass. And then I need to get back on I-20, but I need to go now in the west direction until I get to at least the connector. Are you understanding? Repentance is when I change my mind about the direction that I'm going in. I take the exit ramp. I get off and then I completely go in a different direction than where I was going. Ladies and gentlemen, if we keep on going in the same direction, we've not changed our mind. Therefore, we've not repented. No wonder many are wondering if I'm forgiven. If I'm forgiven. Jesus' message, when he preached, he said, repent. Why? The kingdom of God is at hand. At hand means available for entry. 
The kingdom of God is here. But he was saying the direction that you're going, your character and the way you're doing things right now is contrary to the nature of the king. And so now that you're in the kingdom, you need to display the character of the king of this kingdom. The kingdom is where the king has dominion. And so now we've got to ask, God, do you have dominion over me, over my mind, so that I am yielded to you so that I'll change the direction that I'm going in my life so that I can align myself with your will for your way is right. Your way is good. Your way is holy. Your way is the right way. So at some point, like the old folks used to say, the things I used to do, I do no more. I heard somebody say this. At least we need to go to the point where we say, the things I used to do, I don't do as much. Growing to the place where we say, I don't do it, I don't do anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. Used to sing songs about change. A change has come over me. It's something that transpired in my life. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when we're talking about uh, why he did it, it was necessary. Why? For the forgiveness of sin. For the forgiveness of sin. Thank you, Lord. Not only was it necessary for the fulfillment of Scripture and the forgiveness of sin, but here's the last thing. It was necessary for Christ to suffer and be raised the third day because Future saints must be saved. I said future saints. Future. In other words, they're not saints right now. Future saints must be found. Future saints. Come on, say future saints must be found. Say it again. Future saints must be found. So, so this is what happens. God sends us on a search and rescue mission. How many military folk we got in here? Any, you understand? A search and rescue mission, meaning there was something that was lost. Something that's lost that need to be found. And God allows us to partner with him on this search and rescue mission because this is, this is the father's heart. The father doesn't desire that anyone should perish. It, it, it brings God no pleasure to see people perish. But his desire is that all would be saved. That all would come to repentance. That's his desire. And so listen, listen. So because we're on this search and rescue mission, we must tell them that forgiveness for sin is available to those who repent. We've got to tell them that message. So what are you talking about? The, the text says here 
it says, repentance and remissions of sins, verse 47, should be preached in the name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So here's the thing. The message, it says it should be preached. It should be preached, meaning the message of forgiveness is worth telling. I'm glad that somebody decided to tell me that there's a better way. That I don't have to live in my misery, in my mess. I don't have to live locked up and in the kingdom of darkness. Jesus came to set us free from the bondage and the snares and all the junk the enemy wants to throw in your life. The only reason the enemy would try to come in your life is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus has come that you may have life and have it what? More abundant. Isn't that worth telling? And so it's a message that should be preached, but the message has to be, this text tells us, preached in his name. Because, listen, we can just tell them about forgiveness, but you can't divorce forgiveness from Jesus. It has to be attached to him because his name is the thing that provides the power for salvation, the power. There is no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved other than the name of Jesus. Since God has given him the name, and that name is above every name. That name is so powerful that whoever calls on it shall be saved. This is what I, I don't know if you've had this experience, but there are sometimes I don't have time to pray long prayers. I just say, Jesus. Jesus. I remember, I remember Apostle Lafayette Scales talking about this. He said they've been on flights, and he said, you know, those flights will hit the air pocket, and then it'll go down, it'll dip like this. And he said, I've never heard anybody cry out, Buddha. Even the Buddhists call out, Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. When you get in that situation, you don't know what to do. You know what to do. Call who? Why? His name. His name. There's something in his name. And so, listen, this is the thing. And so, the message has to be preached in his name. And it has to be preached to everybody. Because God loves everybody everywhere. It says it's got to be preached to all nations. I said that we're on a uh, search and rescue mission. Not a seek and destroy mission. But a search and rescue mission. How many are parents in here? How many has ever been a child? Okay. All right. Some of y'all don't remember. But this is the thing. Today, imagine, um, uh, 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 here you are, a parent, and you get word that your child, who's supposed to be at home, is not there. You know that they're supposed to be there. You've made provision. You're running just a little bit late. You're supposed to be there. But then you call and they're not there. You finally get home. You look for them. They're not there. Then if they have a cell phone, what you'll do is call the cell phone. They're not there. Now, 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 then if you'll start calling their friends right. to find out where they are because 
They're not there. They're lost. And so this is the thing. Not only that, you'll begin gathering friends together to go and find them. Why? Why? Because that's your child. And they were lost. Am I right? Eventually, if you and your friends were unsuccessful, you would go as far as filing some type of report that they were missing. And if they were at that age, you put out an amber alert that they were lost. Ladies and gentlemen, what causes you to do that? One word, love. God so loved the world. It didn't say he so loved those who had it together. Those who were missed, uh, you know, th- th- those who just had it perfect lives. God so loved the misfits, the rejected, those who were down and out. In fact, it says while we were sinners, God demonstrated his love in allowing Christ to die. What are you getting at? God is so concerned that future saints be found. He invites all of us who have been found to join with him on this search and rescue mission to let them know, Father's looking for you. Father's looking for you. Father's looking for you. We'll go everywhere in every different setting, every, under every rock looking for them. Why? Because the Father's looking for them. I wonder, I wonder how many people are waiting on us to just show up and tell them, Father's looking for you. Father's looking for you. Why? Because law, future saints must be found. Go and find your family members. Go, I, I, you hear what I say? I'm talking about spiritual family. You can start with your natural family because that's a good place. Start in your natural family because you've got to go with God and find out, do you know the Lord? Do you know the Lord? Every time my family gets together, there's something in me. I wonder about different ones. I have, I have a nephew and I, I called his name Jimmy. I said, oh God, you know where Jimmy is. You know what's going on with him. And I'm asking you now, uh, it, wherever he is, reach him, shake his life, do whatever is necessary, turn him around, God. I'm praying for Jimmy. I want Jimmy to come into the kingdom of God. I don't, to my knowledge, he hasn't yet, but that doesn't stop me from partnering with God and asking God to send those across his path because God loves Jimmy and God loves us. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to tell you that it's necessary. This is what I found out about God. God is so committed to doing his thing. He's so, that he will interrupt your normal schedule. You will find yourself over here. You're going, why in the world am I over here? And the next thing you do, you'll find yourself talking to somebody that you would not have met had you not gone that way. There are some things that you would not have experienced had you not gone that way. But ladies and gentlemen, for the glory of God, it was necessary. The pain in your life is necessary. Some people had to walk out of your life because they, it was necessary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't try to hold on. No, 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 no. God, in his sovereignty, knows who to bring, what, how to orchestrate things. He can put it together because it was necessary. Let me tell you this story and I'll close. Oysters 
suffer affliction when they get a grain of sand lodged inside their shells. No matter what they do, they can't get rid of it. The sand gets lodged there and it's irritating to the oyster. It's a thorn. It drives them crazy. To bring them comfort from their anguish, they begin to coat the grain of sand. And they keep coating it over and over again. And coating the sand doesn't get rid of it. It just comforts them. Over time, the coating of the grain of sand over and over and over again produces something that you pay money for. And it's called a pearl. Could it be that the thing that's been irritating you, the thing that's been getting to you, God has you coding it over and over and over again because it was necessary to produce something that without it, you would not be able to produce. So ladies and gentlemen, I just came with a very simple message on this Resurrection Sunday. It was necessary. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.